This is the Divine Peace Church Rockwall Podcast. Every week, we'll share a message focusing on teaching solid biblical truth in our community. Service will continue with the sermon. Again, the sermon's based on our Old Testament reading from Genesis chapter 22. It's verses 1 through 18, if you're following along at home. And we'll begin with this prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. For the kids, it's Valentine's Day a couple days ago. I'm thinking, hoping that your reserves of candy were replenished. Halloween was a while back, Christmas even, a couple months ago. Hopefully that candy reserves were replenished. I'm also guessing that when you got home, your mom or dad or grandma, grandpa, whoever was watching you told you that you need to save your candy until after dinner, especially after you eat the vegetables. It's a difficult test for children, and honestly, for a lot of us adults, it is a difficult test. You've got, I mean, look at this. It's a heart. It's filled with candy. It's got a little puppy dog on it. This is red cabbage. So some of you kids are like, I don't even know what this is. And I, Is this a vegetable? I think it's a vegetable. It's not a fruit, right? Something like, yeah, it doesn't taste like fruit. It's got to be a vegetable. So that is a test uh, if you're a kiddo or, again, or if you're an adult. And so passing that test, doing the thing that's good for you in the long term, eating the vegetable first and then the candy, it often happens as a kiddo because you love your parents. And you know that your parents are looking out for your best interests. You trust them, even if they say you should probably eat the veggies for the candy. It's tough, and God puts us through tests. Even kiddos, you go through different tests, but God loves you more than any Valentine that you're ever going to get. He is your best friend, and He is always with you. He has done great things for you. Now, again, if we think of Valentine's Day, that was a couple days ago, but tomorrow, believe it or not, tomorrow is 50 days after New Year's. So, for some of us, some of you, perhaps you made some of those good old-fashioned New Year's resolutions, and now you've had 50 days to test whether or not that was something you were going to do or not do. 50 days is a great test, and tests are good. Tests, for us, they allow to see what something is worth. There's a couple of tests that we do a lot of the time. You can taste test a brisket, see whether or not it's worthy of being taken off the smoker. Maybe you need to leave it a little bit longer. You can test drive a new car. Always a good idea. See if it's worth purchasing, spending that kind of money on, or maybe you need to test out a couple different models. You can test, uh, your spouse can test something. This is a fun one. So your spouse can test whether or not uh, another pair of shoes can fit into the suitcase or another box of golf balls can fit into the suitcase. So the test is you have to weigh this suitcase to see if it's 50 pounds, right? 
can I get another pair of shoes in there? Can I get another, you know, little box of my favorite golf balls in there? Will it pass? Tests are good. We see if something is worth what it's supposed to be. In our Old Testament reading, God tested Abraham, one of his own. In Genesis 22, we read, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. And he replied, Here I am. And then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. On a mountain I will show you. That's tough. That's tough. It is tough to picture a more difficult test. To take your son, your only son whom you love, to take one of your children whom you love and sacrifice him. As in they're gone. Like they're dead. They're gone. Now this wasn't the first time that God had put Abraham through some tests. Decades earlier... God told Abraham to leave his homeland and go to a new land without Zillow. And he went. And then when he was there, God told Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation. But he had no kids. The fire and the knife, and they set out. And they walked for three days, and then finally on that third day, Abraham can see the place where it's going to happen. He tells his servants to hang back. And Isaac carries the wood. And Abraham has the fire and he has the knife. And probably likely that he tells the servants to hang back because if the servants start seeing Abraham take the knife out for the kid, maybe they would stop him and say, what are you doing? Not sure, but... We don't know what was going through Abraham's mind, but we do hear what Isaac was thinking. So in Genesis 22, Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now that's just reading it. There's no parentheses, emotion. There's no TikTok video. Nobody was live streaming this. We don't know what emotion was going on. So maybe Isaac asked it with little puppy dog eyes. Dad, where's the lamb for the sacrifice? Maybe. And it cut Abraham to the heart. Maybe Isaac was just an inquisitive kind of kid. Hey, we got like wood, fire, the knife. Where's the lamb? Maybe he was getting tired of Abraham. Again, Abraham is quite old at this point, And he's like, Dad, like we left home three days ago to do a sacrifice. Like, you remembered the wood and the fire and the knife. Did you forget the lamb? Like, that's pretty important if that's the whole reason why we're here. Or maybe Isaac was pretty insightful. And he's going, we have wood and fire. And it's just the two of us. You're probably not going to sacrifice yourself. What are we going to do? And so Abraham answers, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. 
And so Abraham, he's already dealing with all of this, all these conflicting messages. God has said this thing, and now he says this other thing, and it doesn't make any sense. And now my kid, my only son whom I love, asked me, Dad, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham doesn't disclose everything that he knows. Instead, the words that he chooses are words that communicate his faith. God will provide. And so this is a test. Abraham is wrestling with his faith. God is putting him through something that he cannot see the end result. He cannot see how God is going to provide a way out for him and his son. He cannot see how God is going to make good on this promise to make him into a great nation if that son disappears. And he doesn't see how God is going to bless all the nations of the world if this critical next step for the next generation is gone. It's a test. When you cannot see how God is going to provide a way out of a difficult situation for you. When God commands us to honor and respect candidates, or a government that you individually may not agree with, that's a test. When God tells you to save His special gift of going to bed with someone for marriage, but you're like, nah, I think it'll feel good. Or, I think if I let this happen, though, it'll solidify that we have to stay in a relationship. Or, well... We have to do this to see if we are actually compatible. That's all a test. Or you read the Word of God, and He says, I am going to care for you and heal you and deliver you, but then you lose your job or you lose your health. That's a test. And you're struggling with things. You're being tested, maybe in multiple ways, right now. And so anytime that you wrestle with seeing how God is going to deliver you through something, that's a test. Anytime where you are afraid to the point where you are considering giving up faith in God, that is a test. The test here was for a son to follow his father. When Isaac asked where the sacrifice was, Abraham answers, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And then Abraham tied Isaac up, built an altar, put the wood on it, and put Isaac on it, and had his knife ready to slay his son. And it is at that point that God said, stop. And the angel of the Lord speaks to Abraham, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up. And there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. 
Now, there's a beautiful insight that we miss here in the English, but it is in the Hebrew. So the word that we translate as provide, as in God himself will provide the lamb, and the word saw, as in he, Abraham, saw a ram caught by its horns, are from the same word. The provide and saw are the same word. Abraham could not see what God saw. Abraham could not see how God was going to provide, but God could see it. And God lifts his eyes then to see what he would provide to Abraham. And then in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, we actually finally get to see what was going on in Abraham's mind. We read, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He, Abraham, who had embraced the promises, was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. God tested Abraham to see what God would provide. That God keeps his promises to us, even when we are being tested, in ways that we can't even imagine or see happening. He answers in better ways for our good. And the angel of the Lord, who was the one speaking to Abraham, is one of the Old Testament names for Jesus. Jesus, like Isaac, obeyed his father's will. But Jesus is very different from Isaac. Jesus knew what was going to happen. Jesus knew he was walking a path to be sacrificed. And he walked. He knew his path was much longer than just three days. In our gospel reading from Mark 1, we read a little bit about this. It says, At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And this happens right after Jesus' baptism. The Holy Spirit sends him out into the wilderness, and it's Jesus versus Satan for 40 days. About a month and a half, Jesus goes toe-to-toe with Satan. But his faith, his resolve, his hope, his trust remains in God. Doesn't falter, doesn't stumble, doesn't give in to anything. So that every time that our faith is tested, we can point at the cross. And say, the innocent lamb, he went there for me. And he died for those times where I have not been resolute. Where I have asked lots of questions because I doubted. Where I have given up on faith. Where I have given up in the test. And I point to the cross because Jesus did not. And this is, these are the words then that we have from our New Testament reading from Romans 8. When we are faltering, when we have failed. This is where we look. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It is God who makes the judgment call about you and your life. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Because God is the only one who can condemn, and he has already justified you, so he will not condemn you. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. In response to any test that you are going through, your confidence, your heart, your mind, everything, it points to Jesus and what he has done for you. God provides of himself for you. He provided of himself, his own son for you. God did provide for you the lamb of sacrifice. He gave you grace and forgiveness and eternal life through his son. And the words that were spoken to Jesus at his baptism, these are the verses right before our gospel reading, right before Jesus goes into the wilderness. The Father spoke from heaven and he said, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This means that God's one and only Son, the one He loves, the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ Himself, is the one who told Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, and through your offspring, that's a singular male offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Jesus is the offspring. He's telling Abraham, I am going to be born from your line because you saw that I will always provide for you because I gave you the gift of Isaac. Twice I gave him to you. Jesus is the one through whom all nations are blessed. Jesus has blessed you, every one of you. When all of you come to the end of all of the testing, you will see Jesus your brother, your God, your Redeemer. God prepares you for His tests through the Bible. God speaks to you when you read the Bible. These scriptures have been preserved for you so that God can come to you with the Holy Spirit and He can work in your heart to see what He sees. When you read this historic account of Abraham, you read it to understand factually what happened. This is a real man, these are real events, and the real God got him through it. You also read it to put yourself into this situation, into those emotions, to put yourself in Abraham's sandals to understand what he was going through. You also read it to think how you would have reacted in this situation. You read it to see how you are reacting and have reacted through similar things in your life. You read it to understand that you go through tests from God. You read it to be prepared to run away from the things in your life when you go through tests that pull you down and pull you away from God. And you read this to hold on to God's good promises, to the Bible, to Scripture, 
That is what gets you through tests because God is the one who gets you through tests, who provides for you. And so you hold on to words like these from Romans 8. When you go through tests, these are words for all of you to commit to memory, to know where they're at, to have ready for you. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Trouble or hardship? Persecution? Famine? Nakedness? Danger? Sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love for you is better than anything that you will get on Valentine's Day. The test that God allows you to go through shows you that. His love is always there for you. He always provides for you. Get to know your brothers and sisters in Christ. Those who are in this room, they are your brothers and sisters in Christ. All of us are going through tests. Be honest about that. And then point one another to Christ. As parents, model what Abraham did for Isaac and follow God's word and promises. Show what it means to get through those tests confident in God, even if you can't see it. God has already provided your greatest need, your Savior, who saved you from sin and death and hell who dwells within your heart and also rules all things from heaven. Hold on to God's word during tests. You will see how good and faithful and powerful and all-seeing God is. And when your tests are over, you will be taken to heaven because of Jesus, who was tested, who was sacrificed, and who was resurrected. When you are tested, see what God provides. Amen. Hi, my name is Gunnar Lederman, the pastor at Divine Peace Church, Rockwall. In... Thanks for listening to the Divine Peace Church, Rockwall podcast. For video sermon archives, more information, and to let us know how we can pray for or serve you, go to divinepeace.com.